This morning I want to preach to you about what to do in the waiting. What to do in the waiting. You know, I don't know, in our society that we live in today, in this Western culture that we have, we are very, very, very impatient people. I don't know about you, but I, I'll be honest with you, I'm talking about myself here too, guys. I, I don't like to wait very long for nothing. I, I'm going to tell you, I mean, matter of fact, some of y'all, when we leave here today, y'all going to go eat somewhere, y'all going to have lunch somewhere, and the waiter's going to take a little bit too long to bring that drink. You're like, where in the world is she? I've been sitting here waiting on my drink for five minutes. And you know how you'll be slurping the straw when it's in, like, can't she hear the, chicken, 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 chicken. Y'all, y'all done that before. Y'all know shaking the glass. Don't you know this is empty? Come back. That's the sign. That's right. You know, just wait. I don't know about you. How many of y'all just love to be stuck in traffic? Trust me, if y'all don't know what I do for a living, I am an auto claims adjuster for an insurance company here in Tennessee. None of y'all like to wait in traffic. Amen. People like to get where they're going. I mean, we want everything right now. We want to pop popcorn in one minute flat, right? We want to be, a, we, we, we live in a microwave society. We want everything done yesterday. But let me ask you a question. You ever waited on God for something? You ever waited for an answer from God? You ever been in a storm or in a trial of your life and you're just waiting for him to come walking out on that stormy sea, uh, but yet you're just looking and you just don't seem to be seeing anything? You ever cry out to God seeking an answer, seeking a direction? You've got a decision to make. Uh, so you're trying to cry out to God to find out what you're supposed to do. And sometimes you just feel like he's silent. You ever been waiting for direction? How about this? You ever been waiting for God to move when you've, got, when you've got to have him to move and you're just waiting? How about this, Hillcrest Baptist Church? You ever been waiting for a pastor? What to do in the waiting? What to do in the waiting? You know, there's difference. In your Christian life, one thing I figured out last weekend on the men's retreat, I had this conversation with Brother Travis and Brother Matt. We were on the same golf team together on the golf course. We started, and I, I spoke to him about, I, said, I told him, I said, you know, guys, one thing I've figured out in my life, just like there are seasons in the weather, you will have seasons in your life. Churches have seasons. There'll be seeds, there will be, listen, there'll be times when it's time to sow. You understand? There'll be times of harvest. There'll be times of sunny days. There'll be days of perfect weather when, seems, when everything seems to be just right. There'll be days when you'll reap a big harvest. There'll be times when it's time to sow the seed. But I'm here to tell you guys, there'll be times of death. There'll be times of barrenness. There'll be times of waiting in your life. Isaiah chapter number 40 Verse number 31. But they that wait upon the Lord. But they that wait upon the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray.
you be with us this morning? God, I'm unworthy to stand behind this pulpit and preach your word. God, I need your power today. God, how I pray, Heavenly Father, that you be lifted high. God, let me decrease that you might increase. God, let your holy presence fill this house. God, I pray you'd walk up and down these aisles between every one of these pews. Because God, if you don't, nothing will happen. God, we need you to move in this house today. How we need you. In your name we pray. Amen. They that wait upon the Lord. As I said, there will be times of waiting in your life. I've heard preachers say, and I believe this is true, uh, if there's something you probably don't want to ask God for, I'd not, probably not advise you to pray for patience. Because you understand, uh, God's timetable is not exactly like mine and yours. Uh, uh, you understand, well, God is time in and of itself, so he doesn't exactly work on the same timeline that you and I got. God's vision goes much farther beyond mine. Uh, uh, his ways are much higher than mine. Matter of fact, I've heard it said before, I believe it was Adrian Rogers that kind of said it like this, if we really knew what God was going to do, we probably wouldn't believe it anyway. If you have your Bibles now, I want you to flip to James chapter number 1. James chapter number 1. But have you ever wondered if God's listening? How about this, church? Have you ever gotten discouraged, Chris, in the waiting? James chapter number 2, verse number 2. For if there is come unto your assembly... Um, I'm sorry, James chapter number 1, verse 2. That was chapter 2. James chapter 1, verse number 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. That word temptations there means testing. Many testings will come. If you thought your Christian life was going to be full of uh, uh, rose petals and, 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 and everything was just going to be great and fantastic and life was going to be awesome, I got news for you. The Bible just he didn't say if the temptation comes. He didn't say if the testing comes. But God says when it comes. As a matter of fact, and he says when it comes, you need to count it as joy. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life when it's hard to be joyful. But God says I'm to count it all joy when these testings come. He says, verse 3, why am I supposed to count it joy? Because I should know this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Do you know that God has a purpose for your waiting? God has a purpose for your waiting. If you were here a couple Wednesday nights ago, I, I made this statement. Uh, there has never been a storm in your life. Listen, God does never wasted a storm in your life. There's never been a situation in your life that God has wasted. God always had a purpose. Now, there's been some that I've wasted, there's been some that I've wasted, but I want you to understand that God has a purpose. And he says that knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. I've heard it said like this, a faith that has not been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Verse 4, but let patience have her perfect work 
that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. God has a purpose for your waiting. And I want you to understand that you may not like the waiting, you may not like this that you're going through, but God says it's a perfect work. Uh, This is a work that God has tried out, if you don't know it. Uh, God's tried this out, man. You remember there were some people in the Scripture who had to wait, right? uh, Abraham had to wait for a son. Now, he impatiently waited. But either way, God made him wait. Elijah had to wait by a brook until God gave him instructions of where to go. Israel had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years before they got to receive the promise of the promised land. Now, they wandered because of their disobedience, but either way, they had to wander for 40 years until they received the very promises of God. This morning, I want to give you three things to do while in the waiting. Three things to do while in the waiting. Number one, we must worship in the waiting. We must worship in the waiting. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter number 15. Matthew chapter number 15. I'd read this story several times. It's amazing how God's word continues to speak into your heart. You know, all the time, you know, you'll study something that you've studied before and, and notice something that you never noticed before. Here, and this was kind of the case here in Matthew chapter number 15. Now, I'm not going to dive into a deep dive really into this scripture, uh, uh, but I just want to point something out to you. In Matthew chapter number 15, verse number 21. <clears throat> if you're there, say amen. amen. It says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and to Sidon. Now, I want you to know this is one of the places in the Bible that Jesus only went one time. One time. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried. By the way, so she was a Canaanite. She was not a Jewish lady. She was a Gentile, like most of us in here today, right? Came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her, Not a word. Not a word. I don't know about you, but this lady, man, she had a serious problem. I want to tell you, you want to get parents up in a tizzy, man, let something be wrong with one of your kids. And I'm going to tell you real quick, you might not have prayed in six years, but let's find something wrong with one of your children. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to try to be ringing the prayer barrels of heaven. How many of you know what I'm talking about? This lady came to Jesus My daughter is vexed with the devil. And I'm going to tell you, if one of my sons was demon-possessed, I'd be trying to find Jesus. Amen. So she goes to find Jesus. Jesus answered her. Notice that. Verse 23. Not a word. You ever been there? Have you ever been there? Feel like you're calling out to God. Sometimes you felt like your prayers are not getting any higher than the ceilings or any farther than that pillow. And you're crying out to God, telling him about your need. And you're saying, God, don't you understand what's going on? Don't you understand what I'm going through? Don't you understand, God, we need this. I need this. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And you just felt like you heard. Not a word. What I want us to notice here is what I want to point out. I want you to put, how about this? So what is your response when you hear not a word? Let's look at verse 23 again. He answered her not a word. 
His disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25. Then she, then came she, and what? Worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. First, skip down to verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. Do you ever know? I want you to notice something here. This is important. She didn't receive an answer from the Savior until she worshiped. Do you hear me? She never, Jesus never even acknowledged her existence until she called him Lord and until she fell down and worshipped him. Listen, she was willing to do whatever was necessary. She didn't care that the disciples said, Lord, just send her away. Why? Because she had a need that it had to be met. I'm going to tell you, but her need wasn't met until she got to where she needed to be and she put him where he needed to be. Until she said, Lord, I'm a sinner. God, you are Lord and I'm a nobody and I need you, Lord. Just help me. Notice the second time she didn't even have to tell him what was wrong. For he knew. So maybe he heard her the first time. Listen, some of you might be waiting on something from God. but Maybe you're, he's not responding to you a word. Are you worshiping? Are you calling him Lord? Have you got him in the place he's supposed to be? Have you put him in the position in your life where you're where he's supposed to be? Once she worshiped and called him Lord, he received the answer and immediately. Can I tell you that he is always worthy of worship regardless of your circumstance? Hillcrest Baptist Church, regardless of what we're going through, he is still God. As Peg McCamey would say, he's God on the mountain just like he's God in the valley. Amen. I'm here to tell you today, regardless of your circumstance, it does not change who God is. And he's worthy of worship today. He's Lord today. Is he Lord of your life today? Do you call him Lord? Do you worship him as Lord? Or do you worship yourself as Lord? Do you worship somebody else as Lord? I'm here to tell you he's worthy of our worship today. Do, listen, can I tell you? Listen, he's worthy today because of who he is. He's worthy today because of what he's done. Do I need to remind you today he is almighty God today? He's almighty God. That God that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let it be light, and there was light, and the evening and the morning was the first day. That's the Lord. That's the God that I'm talking about. You understand what I'm talking about today? Listen, hey, I think I need to remind them, Travis, just exactly who, who, who God is this morning. You understand, I'm, listen, this is the very God of heaven that spoke the world into, this is the eternal, self-existent God. That's the God I'm talking about today. I'm talking 
talking about an all-powerful God. I'm talking about an all-knowing God. I'm talking about an ever-present God this morning. I'm talking about a God when old brother Moses was standing there, standing there at the Red Sea and they needed to get across. That God parted the Red Sea so him and about a million Jews could walk across on dry land. You understand I'm talking about the God today. When old brother David was standing there in that field and that old nasty giant was standing across from him and he didn't know what he was going to do. But God guided a stone that sunk right in his head and killed that old dead nasty giant dead on the doorknob right there. Hey, that's the God I'm talking about today. You know I'm talking about when old brother Elijah, when he was on that mountain standing there in front of 400 prophets of Baal. I'm talking about the God of heaven today that caused fire to fall, that consumed the, the, the altar and every single one of them prophets. That's the God I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the God today when old Daniel was in the lion's den that shut the mouth of those lions. I'm talking about the God today when old brother Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were standing there in the fiery furnace just waiting on the fire to consume him. But they look and there he was, the fourth man, standing, walking about there in the fire. Listen, that's the thing you understand. It's the same God I'm talking about that some angels appeared to some shepherd's boy in a field keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were so afraid. But the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It's the same Lord that when old John the Baptist was standing on there in the, in, in the banks of the Jordan River that looked up and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. It's the same Lord when old brother Lazarus was in that tomb, said, Lazarus, Get on up out of that tomb, brother. And he walked out alive and well. Can I tell you, it's the same Lord that was on Golgotha's hill, that was hung between two thieves on Calvary, that paid your sin debt and mine, took the sins of the entire world, paid a debt that you couldn't pay, and was crucified and died for your sins. But thanks be to God, it's also the same Lord that they put him in a tomb. And three days later, he came walking out of that tomb, very victorious over death, hell, and the grave. According to the book of the Revelations, he's got the keys hanging around his neck this morning. And I'm here to tell you he's standing on the right hand of the Father today, interceding for you and I. And God, listen, he's, listen, he's unmatchable today. He's my redeemer today. I can't describe him today. I can't tell you about how awesome he is today. I can't tell you how he is worthy of our praise today. I'm here to tell you when there is no way, he'll make a way. I'm here to tell you when I've got no place to turn to. He's my only place to turn to to today. I'm here to tell you today he's my rock. He's the one that hides me in the cleft of the rock when I've got no place to turn. That's my God today. And I'm glad to say he's worthy of our worship Hillcrest. He's worthy. He's worthy. By the way, can I say this? It's also that the Lord that one day every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The question is, are you going to do it on this side or are you going to do it on that side? If you wait till you do it on that side, you've waited, my friend, eternally too late. Eternally too late. It's the same Lord. John said, and we looked and there was one, no one worthy to open the book. But behold, Brother Albert, he said, and I saw a lamb slain as if it was before the foundation of the world. And we all will sing, worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb. 
that was slain. He's worthy of our praise today. You understand that your worship gets your eyes off of your problem and to the problem solver. Because I don't know about you, when I'm in the storm, all I can see is the waves. Just like old brother Peter when he walked out there on the, over the water and got to looking around. He was like, what in the world is going on here? And he immediately began to sink. Listen, when I worship, it puts me in a place of humility. Recognizing God is God and me is his humble servant. And it gets my eyes off of this world, off of my circumstance, off of what I'm waiting for, regardless of what it is or what it may be. And it gets my eyes on him. It gets my hands off of my situation. Listen, that's what we like to do, isn't it? Men, we're, we're Mr. Fix-It, right? We're going to make it better. We're going we gonna, to we gonna do it right. We, we've, I mean, we, we've got the intelligence. We've got the experience. We've got this. God, I mean, I can figure this thing out. Let's just see what we can do. Hey, my marriage, we can work this out. We'll heal this thing. My kids, oh, we, hey, don't, it takes a village. No, it don't. Dumbest thing I ever, I ain't got time to chase that rabbit. Anyway, I, 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 but you know, hey, y'all, I'll fix this. I'll make this right. I'll do my own thing. Listen, what you need to do is get your hands off that thing and get your hands raised high and praise to the glory of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Tell you what, it'll get your ears listening to somebody else. And get my ears in tune with the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, some of you need to quit talking as much to other people on the phone about your problems. Maybe talk to Jesus about them as much as you talk to your friend about them. You hear me? Quit listening to other people. Just listen to him. You know, I heard somebody say this not too long ago. He said, I learned a long time ago. He said, I don't, it's a preacher I was talking to, and he said, I don't tell my problems to people anymore. So I just, I just tell them to God. I don't even talk to people about it anymore. I just tell them to God. Worship, worship takes on humility. But you know what it also does? Worship brings us into the presence of God. Amen. Psalms 100 you're on the men's retreat, I talked about this a little bit then. Psalms 100 says this, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. By the way, that's all of us. By the way, that's saved and lost alike. Make a joyful noise. I know, I know what some of y'all are saying. Sometimes I only make a noise. Amen. Amen. Sometimes I only make a noise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Amen. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Amen. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth for all generations. You know, one thing I've learned is if I need an answer, I need to be in his presence. 
You know, even, even that lady in Matthew 15 found out where Jesus was. You know, I, one thing I've learned, it's amazing. It can, no matter what's going on in my life or how hectic it may be or how anxious the anxiety or the stress, don't you love it when you can get in God's house and we start singing the praises of God? And the Holy Spirit of God starts moving amongst his people. And the peace of God that just passeth all understanding. Suddenly I don't think about those things anymore. All I do is think about him. When that presence of God is around. The old peace of God. <clears throat> There's this old song. You remember this one? We are standing on holy ground And I know that there are angels all around Let us praise Jesus now We are standing in his presence on holy ground I love the second verse. It's one we don't sing very often, Troy. In his presence there is joy beyond all measure. And at his feet, peace of mind can still be found. And if you have a need, I know he has the answer. So reach out and claim it, for you are standing on holy ground. But I'm going to tell you, if you're going to get in his presence, you must worship. The Bible says you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. He tells us to, listen, come before his presence with singing. You know, that's why we sing here. Not because we love it. Hey, I praise the Lord for our music program here. It's incredible, by the way, if y'all don't know it. But I'm going to tell you, we just don't do that because it's tradition. Because we want to enter into the presence of God. And in order to enter into his presence, we must do it with singing and with thanksgiving and with praise. The problem is the reason why some of you are struggling to get into his presence is you don't worship him today. You understand that I'm, I'm not... Uh, to be in his presence, we must worship. Do you worship today? Listen, I'm not talking about corporate public praise. I'm talking about private worship. There is a difference. And I can assure you this, you will not praise publicly if you do not first worship privately. Do you spend any time with God? Do you worship God? I know some of you, listen, I know some of y'all, I've been up here before, y'all know that. Standing up here, some of y'all like this. Blessing Jesus is mine. I think somebody just saw me singing. Right? But well, hey, listen, I understand that. Not, not, listen, not everybody's half Pentecostal like me and Troy. I get it. I get it. I get it. Hey, but what about when you're in your pickup truck and there, ain't, and there ain't nobody else around? What's your excuse then? Listen, if you ain't got one, why don't you make you a prayer closet at the house? How about this? Guys, about it, 
What about in your shop when you're working on your pickup truck and you're changing your oil and there ain't nobody else about out there? What about when you're mowing the yard and there ain't nobody out there but you and you, and you, and you got your earbuds in? Are you just thinking about the Lord and praising the Lord and, and, and giving thanks to God and worshiping him? If you don't worship him in private, you won't praise him in public. Listen, you've got to worship. But could it still be that some of us are still waiting on God for the simple fact he's waiting on you to worship? Second of all, we got to work in the waiting. We got to work in the waiting. You know, um, old brother Noah took a long time to build that ark. We know up to 120 years. Could have been as much as 120 years. I won't even live 120 years. I'll be happy if I probably live half of 120 years. You understand what I'm, what I'm talking about here? For possibly up to 120 years, he swung a hammer. After God spoke to him and gave him the instructions to build the ark because the flood was coming because of the disobedience of the people. You ever thought about this? If God gave you instruction one time, how long would you hang on to that promise before you quit? Because Brother Terry, I don't believe after that initial time that God spoke to Noah and gave him the instructions, we don't have any other record of another time when God appeared unto him. He just went to work, got the instructions, now I'm going to work. The book of uh, 2 Peter, I believe, calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. You didn't know Noah was a preacher, do you? He went out there. Listen, I believe if he was a preacher of righteousness, he was preaching on righteousness. We know that the world back then, listen, was falling apart. I believe Noah was telling him that judgment was coming. And he was faithful. He was faithful to the work. But yet, day after day after day, he left his house, walked outside. The boat was getting built a little farther, but yet there was no rain. Day after day, year after year after year, he looked outside, still no rain. Do you think there was a day when he looked up in God and said, God, are you sure? God, here I am working and, and I'm waiting to hear from you. He kept working, kept doing what he knew that God wanted him to do. I don't know about you, but I believe it probably would have been easy for old Noah just to be like, rain ain't ever coming. What if he'd have done that? What would have happened to his, him and his sons and their wives? 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse number 58 says this, be steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Church, keep your hand to the plow. You've got to keep working. You've got to keep busy. You've got to keep serving him. You've got to be faithful. You say, well, Brother Travis, maybe you're, maybe you're sitting here today and you say, well, maybe that, well, that's what I'm waiting on. I'm waiting for God to tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. Can I tell you there's enough instruction contained in these 66 books of the Bible to keep you busy for every single day of your life? But the problem is you are wanting some divine revelation of God. Why would he give you some divine revelation when you aren't even willing to obey the book he already gave you? 
You've got to be faithful over the little things before God will make you faithful over the big things. A faith that has not been tested cannot be trusted. You do this. Stay faithful. Get up out of your bed. See, I'm just waiting. You get up out of your bed every day fully surrendering your life to God. Every day. God, I'm going to be obedient to you today. You say, well, Brother Travis, I don't know what tomorrow. Let tomorrow's worries worry about tomorrow. You worry about today, and you do what you're supposed to do today. I got news for you. Today's the Lord's day. You're supposed to be in his house. You say, well, we're here. Well, guess what? We'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock. And about 300 of you have been deciding to stay home. How, is God that important to you, really? Nat more important? Titans game more important? Sunday, a Sunday night football more important to you? Say, Lord, no, no, I know, Travis. You know it ain't the mind you hear. That's plain talk, y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love you so much to preach the truth to you. Fully surrender your life to God every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, seven days a week, 365 days a year for the rest of your life. Get up every day, purposing in your heart, God, I'm going to follow you no matter where you take me. I'm going. And I guarantee you, a person with that mindset, God, listen, God ain't going to hide his will from you. He'll show it to you. But the problem is we aren't fully surrendered enough to accept it. You want the will of God as it fits your lifestyle. You want the will of God as long as it's what you want. As long as it's in my lane. We want to talk about how much we trust God, but most of us truly only trust God enough to a point. I'm only willing to obey you, God, to a point. Then you start taking my Sunday nights away and I... You get uncomfortable? God, I ain't for sure about that. You know, um, our problem is we just get impatient on God, and when we do that, we fall into sin. Remember old brother Abraham? God gave him a promise. I'm going to give you a son. You know what? And what did Abraham do? Well, his wife came up one day, and she said, you know... Abraham, I mean, it's been a long time since you heard from God, and, and they're just, it, it just, I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think I've got a handmaiden, Ishmael. Why don't you go and have a child with her, and, and everything will be okay. I mean, because God's not going to come through. I'm getting older and older by the day, and I, I just don't think this is going to happen. And Abraham got impatient on God. Instead of believing and trusting and waiting, worshiping, Working, doing what God had told him to do, he decided to do his own thing. And it got him in trouble. And matter of fact, the nation of Israel is still paying for it today. But do you understand that the seed that was given to Ishmael and Abraham, even though, listen, you understand that Ishmael could never fulfill the promises of God. You hear me? The seed of the flesh, according to the book of Galatians, Paul writes and tells us, listen, even though Abraham thought he might have thought him and Sarah and, 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 and Hagar might have thought that they were doing the right thing, you understand that son that was born, Ishmael, could have never fulfilled the promise. Because he was a listen, because he was a child of the flesh and not a child of the spirit. So you understand things that you bring into your life of your own power that don't come from God, don't be surprised when they never work out. Because you were impatient. 
Because they'll never bring life. They'll just bring more death. But some of us, instead of waiting on God, as some of y'all been sitting around, maybe you've been waiting on a husband or waiting on a wife. Don't mean it's okay for you to go shack up with somebody in the uh, meantime. Wait on God. Be obedient. Worship. Work for God. Stay faithful. Hey, maybe uh, some of you say, I've been waiting on this job. I've been waiting on this. I've been waiting on that. I've been waiting on that answer. It don't mean it's okay for you to be disobedient in the meantime. And then you wonder why you're still waiting. Might be because of your disobedience. Because your lack of faithfulness. Keep serving. Keep serving. Be a possibility that we're still waiting because we've not been faithful. We've quit working and quit serving. How many of us have been in a storm in our life? Instead of us driving it closer to God, we've let it drive us farther away. Our church attendance has got less faithful instead of more. I don't know about you, when I'm in a hard, when I'm in a bad way, I won't get close to the Lord. I won't come to the God's house more. I need him more, not less. I need him more. Are you still waiting because you're not serving? Are you still waiting because you're not worshiping? Thirdly and lastly, what must I do in the waiting? You must worship in the waiting. You must work in the waiting. This one's very simple. You must wait in the waiting. The book of Psalms says, be still and know that I am God. You know, Abraham should have waited on God, shouldn't he? He should have waited. He should have waited. Do you understand that today that God's timing is perfect? Mary and Martha thought he was four days late. They come to find out he was right on time, right? Because little did they know that long, remember, remember if you'll go back early in that chapter, it's John chapter 11, I believe. The Bible says that they come to Jesus when he's far off. He's preaching somewhere else, right? And they tell Jesus, and he even tells them, he's, he, he's just asleep. Then he even says, doing this so that the Son of Man can be glorified. Maybe God's got you in the waiting so he can be glorified. So he can be glorified. God's timing is perfect. Look, when, when, when we look at, if we were to go back, uh, Brandon, pull that back. Pull up Isaiah 40, 31, where we started. They that wait upon the Lord shall... But then it goes on. Shall renew their strength. Shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Notice in verse, let's back up a little bit. Let's, I want you to notice verse, verse 30. Well, let me back up even farther. I ain't going to read it. It's going to tell you. All right. There. Isaiah 39. God through his prophet Isaiah tells the nation of Israel that they're going in bondage for 70 years. Like, by the way, guys, I, I, I've got news for you. Because of your disobedience, you're going to be slaves for 70 years. And we know what happened, right? The Babylonians came. They destroyed the temple, destroyed their place of worship. They took the items that they used to worship with and put it in their temple and started mocking them and worshiping their gods with the, with the instruments that were used to worship the one true God. They enslaved their children. They brainwashed their, their, their children. Isaiah, the prophet, is writing to them. And at the end of chapter 39, he's just told them that. You'll be a slave for 70 years. Not good news. 
chapter number 40, immediately after he tells them that, God starts reminding them of who he is. He starts talking about how he's the one who sits upon the sphere of the world. Kingdoms rise and fall, that he's the one that appoints them. He, God even says, he says, they're, they're as of nothing to me. We get down here to the end, and he even tells them in verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. He says, listen, you're going to get weary. You're not going to be patient. He says, even the youth, even the young ones that ought to be able to stand and stay faithful, they're going to get weary, and they're going to fall. And he says, but they that wait shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This morning, I just want to tell you this. Don't waste the waiting. Don't waste the waiting. Are you learning while you're waiting? What is God trying to teach you, saint of God? Before you went in this portion in your life, were you praying? Maybe God's trying to teach you how to pray. Because you realize you might be in a storm right now. God knows 10 years from now when you're going to be in another one and you're going to need to learn how to pray. Saint of God, are, are, you, are you needing to be taught by God how to listen? How to pray? How about this? How to trust God? I believe that, you know, you say, because listen, some of you are like, well, Brother Travis, I believe in God. I mean, you know, he just want me to be happy. Huh? Sort of. He wants you to be holy, right? Be ye holy as I am holy. He don't say be ye happy as I am happy. You understand God cares more about your holiness than he does about your happiness. Remember when we read in James chapter number 1, verse, verse number 4, it says that ye may be perfect, entire, and wanting nothing. There's a purpose you say, you want me to be perfect? Listen, he's saying, I'm going to grow you. I'm going to make you mature. I'm going to make you whole. Listen, you'll be satisfied. You won't get complacent. You'll, you won't be wanting anything. But are you learning? Are you waiting? Most of us aren't waiting on God. We're doing our own thing. We're doing what we think is the right thing to do. You learning to be obedient? Are you still obedient while waiting on God? How about this? Are you learning to, maybe he's trying to teach you to seek him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Are you seeking him? Are you still waiting today, church? Because you hadn't entered his presence with worship. Are we still waiting today because we had not been working, we had not been serving, we've gotten unfaithful? Are we still in the waiting today because we just won't wait on God and seek him and not our own understanding? Can I tell you this morning, waiting is worth it. Waiting is worth it.